Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope you're loving the dig about the 10 as much as I am. We're going to park for this little dig a bit again in Exodus chapter 3 where Moses is seeing the burning bush. This is such a an important precursor to what happens on Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb in Exodus chapter 20. This is when he is first called after you remember he has um, had to flee the land of Egypt because he killed the Egyptian, Pharaoh's after him, goes down to Midian, spends 40 years there keeping the flock of Jethro. And then one day this amazing thing happens, showing the glory of God. And Moses there is at the foot of Mount Horeb, the same mountain where the Ten Commandments are going to later be given. And he is called to a life of holiness, sanctification. He is set apart by God to go before Pharaoh, the king of the Egyptians, and present an ultimatum. And God is going to be all in this ultimatum, of course, and is going to deliver those ten plagues to Egypt as Moses stands before Pharaoh asking him to let the people go, and Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he refuses. So Exodus 3 is that calling out, that sanctification of Moses. And I want us to notice here, because all throughout this study, I want us to see the coming of Jesus and what God is doing at the mountain is preparing for us a way that we can be redeemed. So beginning in verse 11, well, let's begin earlier. The fire appears, the burning bush appears in verse 2. And when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off your shoes from your feet, for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. And then the voice said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large to a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come to me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And then Moses answers to God, and God says, I will be with you. And Moses said, 13, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they say, What's his name? What shall I say to him? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am or I am because I am. And he said, So will you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
And then God said to Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all the generations. I want us to think just for a minute about the literature of the Old Testament and the mysterious being that's sometimes referred to as the angel of Jehovah. We read about the angel of God or the angel of Jehovah in Genesis 16. We read about him in Genesis 21 verses 17 to 19. We read about him in Judges 6 verses 20 and 21. And one of the things that we have to wonder about when we read about him is that he, um, this messenger of Jehovah, possesses characteristics that can only be ascribed to deity. When we read about this messenger or angel of Jehovah, he has characteristics that can only be ascribed to deity, and yet when we find him in Scripture in various places in the Old Testament, he's not the other person that's called Jehovah. He's distinguished from this other person. So there are two beings. There's, a, there's Jehovah, and then there's this messenger of Jehovah. And I want us to see that this messenger of Jehovah, even in the Old Testament, can there's a strong case that can be presented that this messenger is the pre-incarnate, that is before his life here on this earth, it is Jesus Christ. So let's look at this for a little bit. When we look at the messenger of Jehovah, we know that, that he is not just a regular common angel. He's not one of the created angels. For example, in Genesis 16, verses 10 and 13, this messenger of God promises to multiply Hagar's seed. And she says, you are a God who sees. In Genesis chapter 22, the messenger called to Abraham and says, By myself I have sworn, says Jehovah. In Genesis 31, this angel of God said to Jacob, I am the God of Bethel. It was this angel who wrestled with Jacob at Peniel, and yet the sacred text, the Bible, talks about this person as being God in Genesis 32, 28 to 30, and again in Hosea 12. This angel of Jehovah or messenger spoke to God from the burning bush, referring to himself as God. Notice in Exodus chapter 3, where we were just reading, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. And then when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the middle of the bush. It was an angel and it was God, it seems, in Exodus chapter 3. The messenger in Judges chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. When we look at that, we see an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt. And I brought you to the land which I swear unto your fathers. Well, who did that? God did. 
And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. But the angel is the one who's talking here saying, I kept this oath. I did this in verses one through three there of Judges chapter two. And this Prince of Jehovah, as he's called in Joshua chapter five, is he accepted worship and he spoke as God. So ordinary angels we know from Revelation chapter 22 verses 8 and 9, don't let us worship them. But a lot of people in the Old Testament called these messengers of God, they called them God, and that designation or that worship was never forbidden. It was never repudiated. It was never, uh, this messenger of God didn't fuss at people for worshiping him, like in Revelation chapter 22. So there's a lot of credible evidence here that would make us think that this messenger or angel of God that appears several times in the Old Testament was not just a common angel, but a divine being. As a matter of fact, our text, Exodus 3, is one of the most compelling ones because it calls this the angel of the Lord. And this is at Horeb, the mountain of God. He calls himself the angel of the Lord, but then it says God called to him out of the bush. I'm not going to say this with um, dogmatism. I'm not going to say you have to believe that the messenger of Jehovah was Christ. But I am going to say that there was, there is compelling evidence that this messenger was Christ. Now in Exodus 23 verse 20, Jehovah promised the children of Israel that he would send an angel or a messenger before them as they sojourned in the wilderness of Sinai. And they were warned that they were to listen to his voice. He said, verse 21, my name is in him. Well, that suggests that this angel that led them was a supernatural being. Yet, notice verse 21, my name is in him. There's Jehovah talking and he's saying, my name is in this messenger. So it wasn't the same person but this messenger was, did bear the name of Jehovah. So how can this angel, this messenger, be both Jehovah and yet be um, a messenger? Well, the name Jehovah means to be or being, and so it suggests that deity, the Godhood, is absolutely self-existence. So Yahweh would be a fitting name for each of the persons within the Godhead, each of the persons that are a part of the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit could really all be called Jehovah. So we're not surprised to see references to more than one person who's called Jehovah, and sometimes they're in the same passage. Think about with me, Isaiah 44, verse 6. Listen to this. Thus says Jehovah, the King of Israel, and, here's another person, and his Redeemer, Jehovah of hosts. So it names the King of Israel as being Jehovah, and another entity of deity, the Redeemer, is also Jehovah, Isaiah 44, verse 6. So you can make a strong case here that maybe this angel or messenger of Jehovah that came to Moses from the burning bush in Genesis 
chapter 3, verse 2, might be the Messiah. And when we start to finish up the Old Testament, and we're speaking in Malachi 3, verse 1, about John the Baptist coming, concerning John, Jehovah says, He shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant whom you desire, behold, he comes. Ah, get that. The messenger of the covenant. Well, that's Jesus, the messenger of the covenant. The New Testament makes that really clear that the one who brings the new covenant with us is Jesus. And so that is, again, some corroborative evidence there that the messenger of Jehovah in the Old Testament very well could have been Christ in his incarnate state before he came to the earth. It's a very, very interesting study, one that I just wanted to quickly introduce you to today. But I wanted us to notice in closing 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. And I'm going to be turning over there. We're talking here, um, we're reviewing some of the things, as a matter of fact, that are in the book of, of Exodus. And in our last dig a bit, we talked about Exodus 17, where the water came from the rock, and that was at the foot of Horeb, you remember. And chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians begins, Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Now look at verse 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Well, that statement, the rock was Christ, signifies that that rock was uh, typical of Christ, but it's more than this because the apostle doesn't say that the rock is is Christ using uh, the present tense as representing two covenants like he would use in Galatians 4 when he's talking about Sarah and Hagar or when he's at, like he did in the parables sometimes. The past tense was implies, really, they did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That's a past tense. And so it's implying there that the water was provided by the personal presence of Christ. Because that angel or that messenger was with the Israelites through all of their wilderness journeyings. Well, that's um, very interesting to me that as we were reading in Exodus 23, verse 20, Jehovah there promised the children of Israel that he's going to send that messenger before them to take care of them, listen to his voice, don't make him angry, don't provoke him. And then he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, that, that that rock was Christ. The rock that they got the water from at the foot of Mount Horeb was, past tense, Christ. That rock that followed them was Christ. Well, that's some pretty strong evidence that that angel of Jehovah that was leading them was present at the rock 
was providing at the rock and that that same angel of the Lord messenger is Christ and is indeed the messenger of the covenant, the same one. I'm not going to say that I definitively know that when we talk about the angel of the Lord and especially not every time, sometimes the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord was a common created angel. But sometimes because of this New Testament reference and others, we believe that the angel of Jehovah in the Old Testament was indeed Christ before he came to the earth. It's a very interesting study. Much of the information that I've pointed out to you in this short and just introductory study of the angel of Jehovah came from an article called A Brief Study of the Angel of Jehovah written by Wayne Jackson and presented in ChristianCourier.com. If you want to go to ChristianCourier.com and just look at the article, it might help you take your notes from this dig a bit. A Brief Study of the Angel of Jehovah. I love it because it is so interesting to me that we have Horeb uh, three major times in the book of Exodus, all times of sanctification, all times of calling out for God's purposes at the burning bush in Exodus 3, at the provision of water in Exodus chapter 17, and then we have the Ten Commandments given from Mount Horeb or Sinai in Exodus chapter 20, all times when clearly God was saying, I'm separating you, I'm providing for you, I'm sanctifying you, and you are my people. And then it's very interesting that in 1 Corinthians 10 chapter 4, we have a reference back to Exodus chapter 17 where that water was provided. And when we look at 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says that rock was Christ. Just very intriguing. Was Christ all around Horeb during the book of Exodus? Well, that might be speculative, but I believe that as you look at it, you will be intrigued and you will be sure that Christ was in the plan when the Ten Commandments were given from Mount Sinai. That much we know and are sure of. I hope that you're enjoying the study. We'll have one more dig a bit this month and then we'll have our regular podcast. And if you're studying currently, that regular podcast will be on September 29th, 2020 on Livestream.com and also on Facebook Live. Hope you're having a great day and I hope that you are remembering whether or not Jesus Christ was the angel of God, and I believe that he was in some of the cases in the Old Testament, but whether or not, he is certainly the messenger of our covenant, and we find him emerging from the events in the book of Exodus just as sure as God is on his throne. Have a great day, and I will look forward to next time.